you know, being, you know, a champion in craft of jet ski racing and then going through all that, how is it that you keep such a positive mindset? If you're not mentally strong, you can get messed up. Okay. So and I know you recently just moved yeah, from Clearwater to St. Pete. Saint Pete. Yeah. yeah. So how do you like it? I'll tell you what, something about St. Pete. St. Pete makes me feel like... Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking St. Pete. I am your host, Ryan Bogdan. Before I get into today's guest, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Bogdan Homes, uh, which is my company, and how we afford to keep producing these awesome episodes of the podcast. So if you know anyone who's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate in the greater Tampa Bay area, specifically St. Petersburg, let us know. Uh, and now for today's guest, which boy, am I fired up about this because it's one of my passions. For those that don't know, I grew up jet skiing at the age of 10, doing freestyle things, all the fun stuff. We built jet skis in the back garage. And today I have an opportunity to talk to my good friend, Moad Sal Lee. Did yes, I say it right? Yes, uh, he goes by Mo, okay? He yeah, goes by easy, Mo. Easy. It, it's easier easy. that way. Yeah. Yes, he's from Morocco and he is a world champion jet ski racer. And, dude, what an honor and priv- privilege that. to sit down with yeah, you here today. It's an honor for me to be here with you, and thanks for having me, and proud of you to be here. Like, I'm so proud of you to do whatever you're doing right now, and I know you were trying to do it for a long time, yeah. and I'm so proud of you. Thanks for having me here, and let's yeah. get the show going, Yeah, man. dude, let's thank you, thank you, going, thank you, man. thank you. Not only uh, is, is Mo the badass jet ski racer, uh, but he comes from Morocco and has a very crazy story of how he got here. So I want to dive into all that. But for those who can't picture it and they just think, oh, I go, I've been on a jet ski once, right? I yeah. rented a jet ski once. Yeah. You I, know, I rode the couch, as yeah, I like to say, I, the yeah, big three-seater. Oh, yeah. I can go ride jet ski. I'm yeah. like, go rent one. They go for 40 miles to maybe top 50 miles per hour. Yeah. Run it for like, ride it for like 20 minutes, nonstop, full gas. And call me back and tell me how you feel like. <laughs> we go between 70 to 86 miles per hour. Moving. For like 30 minutes to 35 minutes nonstop. In the morning, and you have to do another one in the afternoon. Sometimes you have to do three races yeah. in one day. So paint us the picture. For those who, who haven't seen a, a jet ski race before, we have some buoys in the water. You guys start off at from the – where do you start? Like Walk us start from finish. <clears throat> so start from finish. So so. People to understand a little bit, there is two types of racing. There is close course racing, which is there's a lot of zigzags and either is a starting line, you yeah. stand, you've seen it, yep. like you stand on a starting line, there is holders holding your ski and then you start and all that and then you go launch to the whole shot. Yep. Those calls close ra- uh, close course race. And there is the endurance race, which is like a NASCAR type of thing, which is you race for like thirty minutes plus one lap. It's like a big course and there is sometimes fifty other racers racing at once and they all go into like one buoy when when they launch the start like 50 riders going straight to one buoy they have to meet at one buoy so if you're not if you're not the man you won't pass that buoy there's no way you can pass that buoy if you don't have the strength the mentality and the experience to do it and which which you definitely have the strength so i'll tell you mo and i met because of sweat St. Pete, yeah. which if you haven't watched the episode with Jody Stabile, go watch that. Episode three, phenomenal. Awesome. Uh, awesome. awesome. We, we owe our, our friendship to, to the gym, which we were in there this morning going yes. pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My arm hurts. Every day, 6 a.m., Mo and I getting yes. after it, which, yes. which accounts for your endurance. I'm sure a part of that, you're doing that because of your racing. As you see sometimes at the gym, I push myself even yeah. if I'm hurt. And as you know, recently I broke my leg and I still show up at the gym limping with my leg. I know. You know, I'm like, Mo, what are yeah. you doing, man? What are Just you doing? Just to keep my body in shape. Like, I am have a broken leg and I'm doing squat and 
Ryan out there saying, hey, what are you doing, man? Take it easy. Sometimes I almost <laughs> fell down because yeah. my knee gave up on yeah. me. But it's like, it's in here, man. It's in the block. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're thinking about racing and on the water and, and, yeah. and all that, which you did have that injury. Yeah. And I saw the video. Dude, yeah. that was gnarly. Yeah. That yeah. was gnarly. So walk us through what happened. How'd you get, how'd you break your leg? Jet ski racing. So I've got injured more than once. I've been in a coma before. In 2005, I was racing in Spain, European Championship. And I was going probably like second. And I was about to pass the first guy. And he closed in front of me. Like I was trying to pass him between the buoy and himself. Mm -hmm. And he saw me and he just made a sharp turn. So I didn't want to hit him. And I jumped off the ski. So it was close to the shore. It was not deep enough. Oh, so I kind no. of stood. And people came right from behind and hit me right in the head. That's all I remember. I woke up in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Woke up in the hospital. And you're wearing like, helmets. Yeah, yeah. This is with a helmet. Yeah. The shock is it's yeah. crazy. Like those guys that were coming like on a stand up. They were going like 60 miles per hour, 55 per, 50 miles per, yeah. per hour. Yeah. I woke up in the hospital. I'm like, what's going on? Like, butt naked. So <laughs> you're like, naked. I was in a yeah, wetsuit. Yeah. Like, what happened? They said, you got hit by a jet ski. And the first thing I remember told the doctor, when is the when is the next race? I have to go back. Like, <laughs> let me out of here. He's like, no, you can't. We have to do like a CAT scan, whatever. Yeah. Your brain. Yeah. But the last one that you saw, so I was leading the race. I was first almost the half of the race. And the second guy was trying to pass me. So it was close to the shore. And you see how wakes breaks at the shore. And if you if you come close to the to the to the to the wake, it may flip your ski. So you have to come out and then face the the wake so you can break through. You gotta take it head on. Yeah. So I did that and he came from the inside. He did not look at that. And he came from the inside, not slowing down, straight at my leg. Boom. If I saw him, I would have jumped or I would have, I would have like uh, avoid him. Yeah, but he was in your blind spot. Yeah, yeah. I, he, I didn't know where he came from. I usually don't let people hit me. I've never hit someone. I'm very clean on my races. People know that. I've never like um, been on someone's way. I'm always doing like a clean passes. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea where he came from. And he was his first race. So he was a young kid. I think he was 17 or 18 years old. That was his first race doing the... P1 Aqua X, which is the endurance races. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just uh, smashed it. Yeah, smashed it. And I was thinking, like, wakes were, like, coming through. It was like, oh, uh, you guys will see the video. I'll send them to yeah, you. Yeah, we'll send it. We'll put it in yeah, here. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was hard. It was tough. I was screaming. Like, my breath was, like, I lost my breath for a second. I didn't know what to do. Swallowing water. Then the rescue jumped on me right to the ER. Wow. Let, let's pull up that ER. video in the edit here. Yeah. Okay, now you guys saw it. You see how how crazy yeah, that is, dude. That was that was gnarly. I saw you, you. I feel it when I see the video. I feel it like I feel like I just got hit again. Yeah. It is hard. It was it was bad because that guy was coming probably sixty five or seventy yeah. miles per hour, literally full throttle. Boom! Right. The first thing he hits is my leg. Right. Oh, you took that blunt force. Yeah, of that. right in my yeah, leg. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. not not good, not good. Well, I'm glad you're you're yeah. healthy and back, and you're back in the gym. You're doing I'm all alive, the, doing man. all doing all the fun things. Yeah. And and the racing is phenomenal. But yeah. let's let's back up a little bit and talk about how we got there. Right. So you're originally from Morocco. Yes. Usually when people when was the first time you saw a jet ski? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Usually when people ask me, "Who are you from?" I don't tell them where I'm from. Be like. I'm from the country, the first country that recognized the U.S. And they'd be like, oh, what is it? I'm like, look it up, Google it. <laughs> Someone know right now, you guys Google it. Yeah. Google like the first country that recognized the U.S. in 1963 or 73, which is Morocco. What do you mean by recognize the U.S.? So 
the U.S. certain time they needed like more countries to recognize them to become a country or something oh, like okay. that, and Morocco was like part of it to uh, so the U.S. can it's it's more there is more detail about okay, it yeah. on Google okay so yeah. literally you type, Google yeah we'll yeah Google, just yeah. type yeah, yeah. the first country that recognized the U.S. and it comes Morocco, up Morocco right away okay got but it. yeah yeah I was in Morocco that's where I was born my dad used to work on these big ships they take sand from close to the dock and they take them inside and mm. dump them in there yep. and they use some of them for constructions dredging yes mm-hmm. so i used to go with him once in a while and i see people riding jet skis i always love motorsports anything has to do with motorsports cars motocross there you name it anything has to do with motocross racing or car racing f1 racing i'm like just watching tv so and also love the water my grandpa w- used to build boats my dad works in boats so we live close to the water. I'm always on the water. I was like, oh, jet ski, you can race that. Also, I'd be on the water. And I told That's a win-win. Dad, hey, yeah, I was like, dad, I want to I wanna try that. I want to try it. So there was like a little association. You pay monthly. You go once a week. You train with them. And then after like two to three months, the... How old, how old were you? I was literally 12 years old. Okay. Um, Did you have to get a license? No. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. So in the U.S., you have to get your boater's license yeah. at the age of twelve. Yeah. And I took that test at eleven. You know, I was waiting at eleven fifty nine on yeah. my eleventh birthday. You know, until I, when I was eleven, <laughs> when I turned twelve, and then we went out that day. Right yeah. away. Yeah. Yes. Same yeah. thing with my driver license. Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. home when you're sixteen, yep. you have approval from your dad. Yeah. The f- next day, I went to the to the DMV and get my license. Yeah. No, driver nice. license. It's just you know yeah. you just yeah. want to get it yeah. done. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a little association. I pay like fifty dollar or something like that a month. It just to help the association, mm-hmm. I train once a week. After like two to three months, the president of that association was like, hey, you're doing really good. We want you to start racing uh, with the association. That's where it started. In At 12? Yeah. 2002, by the end of 2002, so beginning of 2003, I start racing in Morocco. And also the first race I raced finished first. And the same year... They were like, hey, we're going to take the old guys. There were guys that used to race before me, like a year or two years before me. We used to take them to Europe and race. Mm-hmm. But they never win. They always, like, last for, like, before the last one. Like, bad, bad positions. Got it. So they were like, hey, we're going to take you to Europe. You're going to start racing. You're going to go have some experience in Europe. Not even racing. You go with the guys. You watch them so you can have experience. So they took me with them. The first race was in Portugal beautiful nice beautiful it was on the river i think i meant i thought i think i mentioned that to you it's like two walls mm-hmm. and water and the wakes hit the the wall yeah and it comes back at you it's like double of the weight it's like a washing it's machine like, effect yeah, yeah it's yeah. literally like holes in there so they took those guys to race i was just there to have some experience and watch and for some reason there was an extra jet ski the president that was like he was like you should take that ski have some fun and that ski was not prepared to racing as people uh i'm not sure if people know now you know yeah if you want to race jet skis you have to grab that ski from the manufacturer and do some modification to it right. to make it yep good to race make with. it fast make it fast legally yeah. fast right some people not legal <laughs> yeah. but anyway <laughs> so they were like oh there is a jet ski take it go ride ride and see what's going to happen and there was qualification i end up third <laughs> on a stock ski stock ski oh wow third I was literally 13 years old. Everybody was like, "What? Like, we just brought you here to like just have have, have some experience." I'm like, I don't even know who I'm riding with. I'll just, uh, just I just I did what I have to do. Yeah. I'll just see the whole shot. Went to the whole shot. 
and I'm third. And they took the good ski from the guy that they were like counting on him to win. They give me that ski and they give him my ski. Moto one, I finished first. Moto two, I finished uh, third. Wow. Yeah. First race. First race ever in Europe. And those guys back in Europe, like for people from the UK, from France, Spain, like all over Europe, they come and race there. Mm -hmm. Really good riders. Very talented people. And the modification on their skis, like top notch. And people were like, what is this? Who's this guy? Who's this kid? What is Mor Morocco? What is Morocco? Is that a country? <laughs> yeah, where is, where is, is that on the map? Yeah. yeah, they were like, what is Morocco? What the flag looks like? Uh, what language do you guys speak? So it's like people start recognizing a country because of me. Mm -hmm. So that was it. that's how it started from there. From Portugal, went to Belgium, ended up second place, went to Italy, second place. So it was overall, I was the second European championship. Nice. It was like the first Moroccan. You're making uh, you're making history. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge back home. It's like, oh my God, Morocco did it. Yeah. You put Morocco on the map. Yeah. I always do. Yeah. I always do. That's what I'm from. You know, I always show people where I'm from and yeah. I'm proud of where I'm from. You yeah. Know? Okay. So that's how you got into racing. Yes. And but but the more interesting story for me right now is hearing the details of how you got well, to St. Pete, Florida, which I know backtracks all the way, like you had where some things were happening yeah. for there was lack of opportunity, right? You were yeah. winning your races, but you had nothing yeah. to show for it. Yeah. And you and your dad had a conversation and you decided to leave the country. But was there some controversy around you leaving and why? Um, I'll try to keep it as clean as I can. Yes. Because uh, we don't want to touch any sensitive subject. I used to like I used to race for for the country, so I represent the whole country. Mm -hmm. But behind the scene, I don't get any benefits from that other than being famous. Like back in the day, I was the old star of Morocco. Like I was the guy that goes out, autographs, taking pictures in the airport. I don't go with people. I go in the back door to go to the plane, like stuff like that. I was like the all star back home, and back then there was no uh, there was no social media. Right. It's all on the TV. Right. Take a little sip. Yeah, go for it. You gotta <laughs> wet the whistle. Yeah. That's all right, yeah. And one for those who don't know, we're under these lights in this room, and to give you the best sound quality, we don't yes. turn the air on, so yeah. it gets a little hot in here. Yeah. They don't yeah. know. They don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys see my ears are like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, looking a, looking a little shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, behind the scene, I don't, I, I don't get any benefits. Like all the sponsors dumping money, the government dumping money. And Morocco has a king. They don't mm. have a president. And also the king's favorite sport is jet skiing. Oh, shoot. So he was funding the sport like crazy. But you're not getting paid. I don't even get a dollar from that. All the money goes to them. And it got to the point that my dad was like, what is your future at? Like, what are you going to do? Like, I know everybody knows you. People call me looking for a job, an opportunity. Please help me. Give me money. I'm like, I need, I mean, I came from a, like, um, a good family. Like, we're not like poor or rich. Like, we're stable. Middle class. Yeah, we're good. Like, we have our own house. We have we have a good living. And people think, like, you're making millions of dollars because you're... There's your plastic everywhere. Yeah. yeah, because I go on TV like three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. And on multiple platforms, like, not only one channel, like, a couple of channels and some uh, international channels as well, interviewing and all that stuff. And people be like, oh, this guy is, like, probably making a lot of money. But there was no money coming to my pocket. All the money is going to their pocket. So by 2008, I remember, I came home. I was at my grandma, 
my grandma's house with my mom just visiting and came back home. My dad's literally sitting in the living room in a deep thought. Walked in. He was like, hey, come here for a second. I'll talk to you. What happened? It was a Sunday. I remember these days like yesterday. It was a Sunday. He told me, what do you want to do with your life? Like, do you want to, like, just kind of sit, race, and do all this stuff without any, like, what is your future at? Told him, what do you want me to do? He goes, you pack your backpack and you leave the country. I was like, okay, when? Now. Just like that? Now, yeah. That night? That night. And just so you guys know, I'm the only child. I have no brother, no sister. It was that night. He was like, and I told him, where would I go? Like, what should I do? Like, where? He goes, you call your uncle. He's in France. We're going to call him right now. And we, you have to leave, like, right now. Like, So what was the reasoning? What, what, uh, so so the, how old are you at this? At 20, I was at 2000. And I was probably, like, 20, like, 19 years old or okay. 18. Like, mm-hmm. I was in the top level, yeah. like, back then. Like, right, right. 18, but you're 19. still very young. Yeah, very young. young. I was yeah. in my top level of racing. Like, right. Nobody can beat me back then. And... I start cheering. I'm not gonna lie. I start crying. I was like, like, what would I go? Like, I don't even know my uncle. I'm not like too close. Like, we're gonna call him. You go there tonight. And so this, he's kind of forcing you. Forcing me. And also, he wanted to do it that night because if the president know that I'm leaving, he can stop me at the border because he works with the kings. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. One phone call, he can close all the borders on me. So I literally, I uh, took a train from my city to another city and then took a, a, a ferry to Spain all at night. All happened at night. Monday morning, Mo is not in Morocco. Everybody's calling. Even the news are calling. Everybody's calling. Mo disappeared. Uh, they've been trying to reach, call my dad. He's not answering the phone. He said, I won't answer until you call me from Spain. Make sure you made it. Then I'll pick up the phone. So the president, I think, he called some responsibles on the border. He's like, hey, yeah, Mo crossed the border in Spain. He's in Spain right now. Oh my gosh! That's where my journey okay, started. so you're meeting you're with your uncle in Spain. No, he was in France. Oh, he's in France. Right, I just right, right, right. Took the shortest. Oh, you just got okay. You just had I to get out. Didn't want to risk. First of all, didn't want to risk the airplane, and also, you can't book a last second airplane. Yeah. To go to France or to right. Spain, because like, he said you're leaving this night, like tonight. It was literally like ten minute conversation. All happened. I literally took literally took my backpack with laundry, like yeah, like underwear, yeah, shirt, and a t-shirt. That was That's it. it. He said, I'll ship you all your clothes. Wow. Yeah. This is heavy. That's a lot. Yeah. There is a lot to it. Like, this has probably needed like a a one week uh, Uh, podcast. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, went went to Spain. Then I took another train. It was like an overnight train Uh to France. And then I went to France, stayed with my uncle. Horrible experience with my uncle. Slept on the street. He, like, literally, I don't care. He literally treated me bad. Yeah. I was like his maid. I cook for him, clean the house, oh, like wow. literally for nothing. Um, I end up getting a job with some of my people know that I'm in France, that I used to race against and I used to race right. with. Like so you have French some connections people. there. You have they, some... they just contact me like, hey, yeah. what are you doing in France? Yeah. And I just told them what happened. L- immediately, like, hey, come work with me. So I used to build pools. Oh, we used cool. to dig pools and yeah. then, like build pools. So I used to make like 50 euro a day, I remember. And I work like six hours. Just to make a living. Just right. Yeah, because like, you're making I, yeah. I'm always digging. I yeah. don't sit around and yeah. work. I Literally, just dig. Uh, pun intended, always yeah. digging in the pool. Yeah. So, yeah, I start working with this guy. And for some reason, I don't know, he got busy with work and stuff like that. And I can't work illegal with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to help me out. Right. And he doesn't didn't want to risk his. Yeah, um, he's paying you under yeah, the table. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it just started in France, then went to um, went to Belgium. That's another story in Belgium, man. What happened in Belgium? Where, where were you at in Belgium? I was in Brussels. I know Brussels. In Brussels, someone's trying to like a, a, a girl from the family. She was pregnant, and she was trying to blame it on me. She was trying to find a way. Oh man! So you got all I'm these. You, you got all these things. Is, if I keep going with my story, yeah. your head's gonna hurt. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. There's so many was, layers to the cake. Yeah. It was. They, they were like, "Oh, don't stay in France. Come to Belgium. We'll help you out with this and this." But it was all a setup. So you're bound. And then what? And what's the time frame? So from you went to from Morocco to Spain to France. So how much time has passed so when Spain, you went? Spain, I stayed for like four months. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, four mm. or five months, and then this. Uh, I don't consider family, but. They're my family. They were trying to find a way to blame me with the baby. So okay. like, hey, you come over, we we'll take care of you, stay with me, and then you can marry uh, my my daughter, and she can get you all set up. Like, uh, you get your situation right in Europe because you need to have like your uh, it's like a green card. Yeah. Because I was on visa. Right. Um, she'll marry you, and then if you guys get along, you stay together. If not, you can get divorced, and you get your papers. But this is done. your way into the country. But that's it was a setup for them to like they're trying to set me up so they oh can blame God. the baby on me. Dude, this isn't a TV show. Is it is. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, and I didn't know that until I I left Belgium to the U.S. That was the reason I left to the U.S. Okay, so how do you get? So that's so how do you get from Belgium to U.S. Because there's an interesting story from when you get to New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, New York, man. So yeah, I booked a flight to New York, and that pe- those people told me that there is someone in Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, like you know, I li- I live forty. I grew up. No, I don't live. I obviously live here. I grew up forty five minutes from Lancaster. Yeah, that's um, for those who don't know. <laughs> it's Amish country. <laughs> And and if just look if you don't even know if you never seen I mean talking horse and buggy everywhere some good homemade like uh, uh, shoe fly pie yeah. you know you got the people all the roofers are making homemade furniture everywhere they're on a different system yeah, yeah. out there it's different world different, different world. world you it's know not my, in the it's like that old cowboy no it is they're stuck in the old time some of them don't use electric there's a whole thing and my yeah. sister will be laughing at this because she went to Millersville University which I is lived in Millersville. okay so she went to school there for just a little bit yeah. in Lancaster and she took a class about the Amish so she's my she's got us all educated on on what the difference is between Amish and Mennonite and all, all in the, the all. middle of the Amish so you're so you're in the middle of nowhere yes. Pennsylvania yes the reason why I went to the, to, to the U that was the the reason like I said uh, I went to the US because of those people so finally the guy who made her pregnant he was like hey let's get back together let's work things out I'm like oh finally <laughs> we don't need Mo anymore <laughs> I was like living with them I also got another job. I used this to. This is still in Brussels. This is in, still in Belgium. In, in Belgium, yeah. Yep. So I found a job, uh, delivering those flyers to the apartments. I remember, you remember those backpack with like one, uh, once like and one, once, yeah. one strap, whatever yeah. you call it. Uh-huh. So I put a sideway full of papers, flyers. Got and it. Flyers were so heavy. Yeah, you were rainy and cold, and just walked in the apartments doing flyers. I used to uh, make five euros an hour. I come home with like forty dollar, fifty dollar, and I go right to the store. Buy grocery for them and bring it home. I don't even eat that grocery, literally. Yeah. I used to live in the attic, and the attic has no no heat. And Europe, it's really cold. Really cold. Really cold. It was a window, glass window, yeah. literally. So I'm sitting in a freezer. <laughs> like the, I see the snow on top of the glass. Right, right. I'm literally sitting in the freezer. I remember like my, my kidney got hurt from that. Literally, literally. yeah, just from that cold. Wow. Anyway, yeah. yeah. 
So you're, you're so you <laughs> things are not pretty. Not pretty at not, all. Not so they're like, oh, the guy showed up, so we don't need more anymore. They come up with a lie. There is a guy in Pennsylvania owns so many restaurants. And you go there, he's going to take care of you. you and you've never been to the U.S. at this point? I was in the U.S. a year before okay. in Havasu racing the world championship. Got it. And just think, so, just the m- mentally, if you're not mentally strong, you can get messed up yeah. going through all these phases. You're yes. like a famous person, always on TV, to, end to, up in Pennsylvania, a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Telling well, cleaning bathrooms, cutting potatoes, yeah. peeling potatoes, sitting in a dishwasher, I'm a man, you know, I'm a man, I'm a proud of it, it's part of my story, yeah. I'm not ashamed of it, you know, it's a job, no matter what, but, but like I said, mentally. Oh yeah, because you, you, you rode the roller coaster of yeah. the highs to the lows. Mentally yeah. going back home with my fingers swollen because of the product they use to right. clean, to clean the dishes, yeah. and how hot that machine is when you touch the plate, I literally like grab plates with a towel because how yeah, hot yeah, they are. Yeah. With the time, I start grabbing. Right, right. You're, you're, so you're going through it. So, yeah. yeah. So, so they were like, there is a guy there. You were, you go there. You live with him. And you'll be managing the restaurant, whatever. It was all a lie. He didn't show up at the airport. I called him. He never answered. I stayed in the airport for like 24 hours. Waiting. Until he... With no contact. No contact. And... I don't want to talk about what happened in the airport. That's another probably another episode. It was traumatizing at the airport. I lost my I lost my vision at the airport because my blood sugar went like my okay. sugar went dropped like crazy. Because you had had no food. I had no food. I got there at night. I had euro. All the uh, exchange bureaus were closed, and the immigration kept me there for like hours, saying, "Hey, what are you doing here? Why you come here for like an interview?" And it got to the point, I got mad and I pulled a certificate from the mayor of Arizona. I was like, hey, I have a certificate. I'm a professional jet ski racer. I'm just here yeah. for fun, which is I was not. Right. But that's what I told them. Like, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't know. Thank you. And I showed them a picture of me and the mayor of Arizona. Like, right. yeah. like all like dressed up and stuff right. like that. I was a kid, like no yeah. beard, like yeah. shade. Clean, Look, clean, yeah. clean. So, Yeah. And finally, the guy answered the phone. He was like, hey, where are you at? I'm like, I'm in New York. Where are you at? He goes, I'm in Pennsylvania. Find a way to come to this address. So I had like two big luggages going up in like Manhattan, like dragging two luggages, um, asking people, what can, how can I go to Pennsylvania? Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody. Like, Excuse right. me, where? how do I get to Pennsylvania? Yeah. <laughs> and I went to like a smoke shop. So I, no, like, like a tobacco store or whatever. Yeah. In Manhattan, and there was this Indian guy, I remember, uh, he was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to go to this address. Help me. And, and I'm going to be honest. I'll be sketched. Yeah. Like, yeah you know? Yeah. Like, ooh. And you remember, that was like, not too far from like 9-11. Like, everything, everybody's scared. Like, right. when they see someone dragging two luggages. Right. And you look like, you know, yeah, it's right. suspicious yeah. with a backpack and... People like suspicious because he told me like, please, if you're gonna make a phone call, take your luggage outside and then make a phone call. Literally, yeah. And trying to make a phone call, the phone didn't work. Came back to his shop, he was like, "Why well, didn't work?" I was like, "Yeah." And I was trying to take my luggage. He goes, "No, you just leave them. You seem like a nice guy. You can't yeah. leave your luggage." <laughs> and he grabbed one of his guys, helped me go to like a tram station, another like bus, whatever. To yeah. Make it to Pennsylvania. Got there. The guy picked me up. Went to his diner. I ate. And then he goes, okay, so you go with this guy, you sleep with him, 
not sleep with him. Sounds bad. <laughs> you go stay with. <laughs> that sounds bad. You go stay with him at his house. I used to sleep on a you know those couch that has like a bed. Yeah, yeah. And the mattress was. This. Oh, you feel all the springs. The springs were all broken. Yeah. And like I sleep with like a shape on the couch just to avoid the spring. Right. Of of the couch. Right, right. Yeah, not comfortable. Not comfortable. Like I'm like zigzag. Like that's how my body looks like. If you look <laughs> from like above, me, you see like Mo's like a zigzag on top of that bed. Anyway, so yeah, he was like, "Go tomorrow. You come back and we'll talk about work." And I remember I had like a nice dress shirt, nice dress pants and shoes, thinking I've been managing the restaurant. Went there the next day. There was a guy waiting for me at the dishwasher. He threw an apron on my face like, hey, put this on and come sit next to me. Stand right here. I'll show you how to do all the work. Oh, how to no. take the trash out. How to bring all the vegetables to the yeah. chef. You got humbled real quick. This. I was like, okay, sure. I start cleaning the dishes and all that. And shout out to one to the, to the chef. His name is Khaled. Um, I don't know if he will end up watching this or not. I, don't, I haven't talked to him since 2000 and probably 2009. The chef, he was like, hey, you look like a good man. You look like a good kid, good-looking kid. You should not be doing that. I'm like, you have you have to hear my story, how I end up here. So he took me to his house, and uh, we started having a conversation. He goes, I'm going to teach you how to cook. And then all the restaurant will be calling me. He's a, He was like a really good chef, like very known. Yeah. So, so what I do, I go in the morning at 6 a.m., go to him, I learn how to cook until like 12 p.m. and then go home trying to get some rest and go back at 2 p.m. to do my actual job. So I we stayed I stayed until like 12 a.m. Yeah. Wow. I did that for three days and then I become a, a, a cook. Yeah. Start cooking. That's it. Yeah, that's three days of training on the, and it then was it's so it. quick. I picked yeah, it up. You're like in so there. Quick. So now you're a chef at a restaurant in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was a chef. Uh, okay, how long were you there for? Probably like three years. Okay, hanging in Lancaster. Yeah, Lancaster. Oh yeah. man, so yeah. the, so how do you get down to the sunshine state of Florida? Yeah, uh, family. Family. Again, had, you had some. Is, I learned my lesson after that. It was family. He was like, "Hey, uh, I need you to come down here. Uh, we run some businesses. We start running some business uh, in the mall. We used to sell the product. You know, those people that yeah. beg you in the mall, yeah. like, excuse yeah. me, sir, let me show you. Yeah. Let me do this. Let me see your hair. Try yeah. this product. Yeah. I used to own some of those shops. Got it. And we used to own probably like two to three uh, boots in each mall. It was like Florida Mall and uh, the premium outlet Got in it. Orlando. Got it. And we used to make really good money. And things went bad. Things went like down. I, anyway. But yeah, that's how I end up in 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 Florida. Okay, so now you're here. How what, when did you get here? Uh, 2013. Okay, so yeah. you've been here for a little bit. Yeah. In St. Pete the whole time, or other parts of Florida? I was in Orlando, moved to uh, Largo, mm -hmm. then to Tampa, Clearwater, Newport Ritchie, Clearwater, St. Pete. Okay, so and I know you recently just moved yeah, from Clearwater to to St. Pete. Yes, yeah. yeah, so how do you like it? I'll tell you what something about St. Pete. St. Pete makes me feel like I'm home, where I'm from, back home. Mm. My city. It's tell me why. Literally, I'll tell you why. It's 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 very clean, close to the water. And if you look at St. Pete, it's like an island in the in, in like inside the water. Yeah. It's all around. Yeah, like the peninsula. There's water yeah. everywhere. So that's where I'm from. Like I'm close to the water. And also I can go to the city and I can go to the water in like 10 minutes. It's like the same thing. Mm. Also, like I feel like 
I know everybody in a short of a period, especially when I start going to like uh, the gym, yeah. Sweat, Sempi, yeah. I see a lot of people from Sweat. It feels like a little town. Like yeah, it is. Any Anytime you walk, you go for a walk by the pier or anywhere you go, you meet like at least 10 people. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? It feels so good. It's so it special. So special, yeah. I feel so, I always wanted to live in St. Pete because I used to go to the canopy, mm-hmm. hang out there a lot yeah. in a while. Like back when I used to live in Orlando, okay. I used to drive all the way to the canopy. Wow. Yes, just to hang out at the canopy. That says a lot about the canopy. Yes. Shout out to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. St. Pete is very special yeah. and it is this warm, welcoming thing, you know, that people yeah. aren't, aren't from here. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what else about St. Pete do you like? What, I mean, when you're not at the gym and, and just, and now you work on jet skis, right? You're so in tech, what's what's going so on with that? So I work with this. I work with this company. It's like the largest company in the world. Uh, manufacture jet ski engines and parts and stuff like that. Okay. And I'm the tech Got of it. the company. So uh, anything technical, I'm in charge of it. Uh, we also help customers over the phone if they have any issues with their ski. They call us. We help them. It's like a mechanic over uh, the yeah. phone. It's free. I mean, there is no charge for that. Right. It's literally free. Yeah. And also we. Do like a lot of in like inside work. We test part before we put them on the website. That's cool. It's like it's that. cool that you got to be. You know, you're now working in yeah, the industry, correct. right? You're surrounded by jet skiing all the time, all the time. Sorry, um, and is that where is that? Is that in Clearwater? It's in Clearwater okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But now you live closer to all that fun things that St. Pete have yeah, to offer. I like I said, um, other than the gym. I sometimes I just go for a walk. Yeah. At the pier. It's beautiful. I don't I, I don't get tired of it. Like I can go to the pier and back and I wanna go back again just to walk. There is literally the water makes me happy. It, it's 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 a therapy. It really is. There's it's something magnetic about I don't know it. What is it. And there's it's always dolphins nature. out there. I see do- I see dolphin more than people. <laughs> and that and, and uh at work they call me the the Dolphin whisper. The dolphin whisper. It, for some reason, anytime I go out on the water on a jet ski, this dolphin comes to me all the time. Like, you can ask m- my guys at work, tell them, Mo. They'll be like, the, he's the dolphin whisper. Anytime yeah. I go on the jet ski, there's dolphin coming out. I don't know what is that about me. So, I, I noticed through your life, you've, you've faced a lot of adversity. And, it, you know, like a lot of people that come to St. Pete, they all come from different things, have different backgrounds. But, you know, being, you know, a, a champion in, in your craft of jet ski racing and then going through all that, how is it that you keep such a positive mindset? Have you always been that way since you were a child? Was it something that you learned through the adversity that you faced? You know, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, if you're an athlete, it helps you. Uh, it helps your mindset a lot. If you're disciplined, like you're following a routine, like a good routine, like staying away from anything negative. Negative, I mean like negative people, negative energy, uh, anything that makes your life negative. So I grow up into that. So and also what I've been through. When I see what I went through, and I'm so thankful for like what I am right now, and I'm always like digging for more. And I also see like other people, like how they live, like just across other countries, like what people live, like what they have, they don't have. And you see that you are like one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And I'm like so thankful. Um, positive energy, it's always been there. I'm always close to God. I'm always smiling. I'm always trying to make people happy. Sometimes I'm having like a bad day. But when I see you, I'm trying to make sure you're happy. That's just like my mindset. Yeah. I've always been like that. Feeding off others. I've always been like that. Yeah. Nah, I sometimes have like a really bad day. Like something bad happened. You come to me like I meet you or something like that. I'll make sure you're good. 
I'll make sure I put a smile on your face before I leave. Right. That was always my mindset. And that helped me a lot in my life. And do you, did you learn that from your parents? Was that something that was taught to you? Uh, my mom. Yeah. My mom. My mom. I've never seen my mom upset. Never seen my mom upset. That's amazing. I've never seen her upset. Never. Not th- never mad or screamed or upset or like. She's just always quiet, smiling, and just she just take it the easy route. Have they been here? Or are they still in Morocco? They're literally in my house. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. it came around. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. My mom and dad with me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Only child, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm good with my parents. I yeah. take good care of my parents. You tell them the story? Do they know all the shit it went through to they get here? They know most of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like kind of, I don't know, my dad will watch this. I'm still like a little mad about my dad. Because he made me leave yeah. the country, but and I feel like any bad thing happened to me in the U.S. or something, I kind of like trying to blame it on him because mm-hmm. you're the reason that you sent me. But mm-hmm. it's like a twenty percent. But in the meantime, like I'm glad that I made yeah, it. Yeah, look, it yeah. all worked out. Oh, here yeah. you Sitting are. With, yeah, with Ryan and with the beautiful guys. Here. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So, th- so pops, even you know, he might yeah. be a little salty about it, but yeah, here he did. is. We yeah. got through it. Yeah. We got through yeah. it. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Before we wrap up. I ask every guest because I don't know about you. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, we gotta, it's all right. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is? Where do you like to go eat in St. Pete? Do you have some favorites? Okay, as you know, I've been a chef. Yeah, I cook a lot. Yeah, so you got good. So you uh, cook at home a lot. Yeah, you, I cook at home a lot. I don't eat much outside. Yeah. When I go outside, I, I don't go to names. I just walk by and see the vibe, and I yeah. just walk in. You just, you walk do a food. vibe check and then yeah. see how the food yeah. is. Yeah, that's what usually I do. I don't like have a spot that I always go to, yeah. which is I should. Yeah. Like now living in St. Pete, I should like There's have so a spot many. that I that's the thing. There is so many good places. Anywhere you go, you, you like you go to, you're not disappointed. Yeah. You walk in, people are nice, food is good, everything's great, the atmosphere is good, people are so nice to you and you leave and then the next day you find another mm. place like, oh, <laughs> you guys making it hard on me. And I'm always staying yeah. down like close with the canopy. Yep. I don't go to like the other street oh. like, where all the club and stuff like that. Oh, you got to go. Like, f- so you got to go further down Central. Yeah, I don't like loud places. Oh, yeah. No, if, you, for me. if you go further down Central, yeah. it's a little less, yeah. a little less loud. Yeah, that's what I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah out there yeah fair enough fair yeah. enough so you, if you're big and you cook like moroccan food at I home i cook everything i yeah. cook italian food oh yeah i'm like good with pasta with like you name it with yeah with with fish with chicken there is some that you can make with ground beef and i make like american food like i'm good with steak I love yeah steak. oh steak so okay but is there any is there any uh, um, t-bone rebuy steaks so you're you're americanized uh, man you're not oh, yeah. you're not the i eat steaks <laughs> in uh, breakfast <laughs> man. yeah <laughs> you, hey, you man. gotta get that protein in for the gym <laughs> come on <laughs> so proud of that man yeah. <laughs> don't let mo i will say mo he surprises me in the gym all the time because he's like only a little bit bigger than me. He be putting up some weight. Yes, that's what people say. Yeah, dude, you're strong. Any, yeah, anywhere, any gym I go to, people look at me like, uh, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and I just ignore. Like, them because I know, watch this. Watch I know this. where they're looking at because yeah. I get judged a lot by my body. And you've seen it. You probably judge me too. Be like, uh, what are you doing? No, and I end the, up yeah. beating people that are yeah, like bigger and stronger. Don't let this guy fool you. That endurance jet skiing man got yeah. this guy in shape. Because I, I grew up. Uh, working out since yeah. I was a kid, I did yeah. like all martial arts. I've done tennis. I've done swimming. I used to compete in swimming. So, so yeah. my 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 body has always been beat up. You just an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had like a uh, a program back in back in Morocco. We used to have like our own coach, our own massage guy, our own like person that cook our food. Like yeah. we're like strict, strict. Like we don't eat. We don't go out. 
we don't even have to see our we can't even see our girlfriends back then. <laughs> oh, you man. have time when you can see her. Right. Like we want a time. You were like, scheduled. We were scheduled. Yeah. yeah. You can't see her a week before your race. That's how my it life is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything everything's scheduled. I'm more flexible. <laughs> yeah. I've been asking him. Hey. I told him this morning, hey, I watched your podcast. He goes, Oh, that's cool. And then yeah, he yeah. texted me later. He goes, Oh, you it's you today. Yeah. I'm like, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand. Yeah. No, dude, no, it's it's crazy. And we're yeah. we're very fortunate to have yeah. a great team in place. Shout out to Dominique for taking care of all of our scheduling yeah. on this yeah. because I don't until it shows up, I I Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, Dominique didn't take care of the scheduling, man. So and, it's tough. And as I mentioned to you earlier, like I said, there is something I've never ever shared. Yes, please nobody share this story. Nobody knows. Yes, about I'm glad. It. Oh, and we gotta talk about your. Yeah, yeah. nobody talked, and I've never talked about it. The only people that knows this is my mom and dad. Yeah, only. this is wild. Please. And you guys know. So, back in 1987, September 15, 1987. That's when I was born. The, the day when I was born. So when I was born. I was just, I was dead, literally. They grabbed me, no crying, no screaming, no breathing. I was literally dead. And they didn't tell my mom anything. They just pulled me out and they took me to a different room and they still, like, I don't know, what, what, whatever back then they had to, like, bring someone did, to life. Yeah, what's so, that called when you, uh, no, I, wow, it begins with an R and I'm slipping away, like, um, resuscitate, thanks. Yeah, yeah, resuscitate you. Yeah. Yeah. So they... God knows what they did. I was a child. I was dead. Yeah, so, yeah. came so out. Yeah, though the yeah it took them. My mom said it took them between like ten to fifteen minutes, and there was a lady. She just passed away like last year. She's the one who saved my life. This is like our family. Wow. She's the one who saved my life she, because the doctor he gave up. He goes, I'm sorry, we can't. And she stayed there with me until like she brought me back to life. She was like doing that little push on my chest. There's something so oxygen. powerful about she that. She did something, yeah. yeah. And then when I woke up screaming and crying and then they brought me to my mom and then they told her what happened wow yeah wow. and they told me when i was a kid but i was like yeah whatever hey, dude, what a more, good job way to stay the way to fight bro <laughs> the, way more to fight. I, the more i grow up it hits me harder and harder right like, like you're born twice yeah yeah you already were yeah yeah it's just never never talked about well it. thanks for sharing here <laughs> on on the podcast yeah and i know you've been working on something tell yes. us about what is it bring it up here oh yeah so yeah. this is um I know how the struggle is real for some people when they go ride jet skis. And how's that look on there? So you got this. There we go. Yeah. So a lot of people, like, when they go ride the jet skis, they have an issue with just store, like, their food, drinks, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you, you if you're out there on them long rides. Yeah, and you see a lot of people put those, like, uh, cooler racks on the back yep. with, like, a cooler. It costs, like, altogether, like, $1,000. Yeah. And that's not good for the ski because it keeps bouncing the right. ski when you ride. And it's not safe. It's mm. unbalanced, the ski. Yep. So I came up with this cooler. It's fully designed here in, in, in St. Pete, mm. which is great. Love that. It literally slides behind your back seat. Yeah. You click the seat, and it sits right there. And because it's got these stra- Is this how you strap it in? It's This goes under the seat. Oh, okay. You I see. You lift the seat. Got you it. slide this. You clap the seat. And now it's, now it's hanging on there. And it sits right there. So you added this strap on the bottom. Yeah, and then I add these straps on the side. You know, yeah, you so you can buckle it down. Yeah, yeah and, and it's not it. not a big heavy it, thing. It's not heavy. So at all. where can people find this? Is this a prototype? Yeah, How do we no, get this going? This is the prototype. They can find at shopghostler.com. People okay. be like, "What is ghost?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason I name it Ghostler, it's ghost and a cooler. 
Uh, so people see a cooler sit on the back of a jet ski, but right. it's holding it. Oh, it's right. It's like a ghost cooler. Like, yeah, because right it straps underneath. Everything yeah. straps at the bottom. Yeah. You're like, oh, what's holding it? That's cool, and dude. That's, how that, I that's cool. That's come cool. Up with. I've been testing it a lot here in St. Pete. Um, yeah, it's got some yeah. nice zippers on it. I just it. made I like my it. first yeah. sale yesterday. It was yeah? my first sale, yeah. Heck yeah, maybe <laughs> we can get some it. more after this. Yeah, so... So those that got the skis. Yeah, and yeah. you sit down. That's a good thing. And you yeah. sit down jet ski. Right. It has a seat. You Boom. have a cooler We're for We're ready to rock yeah. and roll. You for those even... I know some people uh, that have are, are part of the boat clubs here that have the jet ski rentals, and that's this could be something you add Correct. to that. And now we're testing it on pedalboard. Because oh. we will slide also on the pedal. Board. Oh, you got multi-purpose here. Yeah, we're not multi-purpose. We haven't the ghost, confirmed. The ghost cooler. <laughs> the ghost in San Yeah. <laughs> we have to get you on the ski, right? Yes, I'm coming out. I'm going to take Ryan on a jet ski. Yeah. And we'll see how that Dude, goes. Dude, uh, it's going to go great. We'll let's we maybe get some video of that. you guys updated yeah. about that, right? Dude, I know how to ride. I know you do. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to shock you. You'll be riding a... Uh, uh, fifteen hundred cc. Yeah, bring it, bro. Four stroke. Bring it. That goes from zero to sixty in like two seconds. It's stand up. Yeah. It's Kawasaki. Yeah. Oh, come I'm on. telling Dude, you, that thing is so wide you can't even tip that thing over. Come Just on. Remember this. Yeah, come on. Remember this. Come we'll on. Take pictures of you. Don't you don't know who you're talking I'll put to? Like five GoPros <laughs> all over this. Piece. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. And we'll, nah. we'll probably have enough time before this comes out. We'll throw yeah. some of that footage in there. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm I'm hot. We gotta wrap this thing up. No let's, worries, let's man. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we'll we'll put the links in the bottom for this. If someone wants to follow you on Instagram. Where can they where can they find it's you? It's my first and last name, which is Moat Salhi. As long as you type my first yeah, name we'll and S, it will pop yeah, anywhere we'll on Google, on social media, anywhere you type my first last name, it'll pop. B- boom, your guy. Salhi and you're always official. posting cool Jeski videos yeah. and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, I you, have your to. content's good, dude. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. 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 It's hard when you have a busy schedule, it's hard to keep dude, posting. Dude, hey, you know. We get it. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. We're luckily we got the team yeah. here in place to help us keep this going. If I was walking by you, would you think I'm a jet ski racer? Hell no. Like I'm walking like no, with a no, nice yeah, you guys, Look at would this. Would you think I'm a jet ski racer? Uh, no. A lot of people say that. Right. Well, when I'm like, I'm a jet ski well, racer. Well, because if there's a stereotype, yeah. it's like monster hat, you yeah. know, like flat brim, yeah. vans, yeah. and like, I don't know. Like I don't baggy know. pants. Baggy, yeah, like yeah. those Vulcan shorts. Yeah, Vulcan, remember? yeah, I mean, there's a vibe with yeah. the motorsports, right? Well, we, yeah, but Mo shows up, you know, dressed like to impress. <laughs> Right, yeah, put this guy in a suit and put him on the ski. Yeah. All right, For thank you for everyone. If you made it this far, watch. Please subscribe, like, share, follow Mo, check out his cooler, do all the cool things, and uh, we love you, we appreciate you, and we're so excited uh, for, for the next one. And don't forget, if you know anyone who's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, I'm your guy. And uh, have yourself a great time. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yes, thank great. you. Thank you, bro. That was yeah. fun. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Thank you. My, I got sweat in my belly button. <laughs>